I think it is the quintessential Halloween movie, like Halloween, the holiday, the season movie. It's the quintessential. I mean, hello, it's a witch, a pumpkin, and a skull mask. You can't, <laughs> I mean, it, you can't scream Halloween any more than that. The practical effects are freaking amazing, and it's very underrated, the practical effects in this movie. And it's just something different. I met him 15 years ago. I was told there was nothing left. No reason, no conscience, no understanding in even the most rudimentary sense of life or death, of good or evil, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply... For over 40 years, the Halloween series has thrilled and terrified audiences. From its low-budget origins to spawning a new era of slashers. The franchise remains a cultural touchstone around the world, often referred to as the Gone with the Wind of Horror. From the first chilling notes of the iconic score to the final frame, join Joel Brown as we explore the iconic horror series, digging deep into the characters, the storylines, and the spine-chilling scares. Welcome to Talking Shape with Joel Brown. The ultimate podcast for Halloween franchise enthusiasts. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, released in 1982 with a budget of about $2.5 million, bringing in $14 million, which I thought was pretty good, but apparently still considered a commercial flop. But over the 40-year journey, this black sheep has become a cult favourite amongst Halloween fans. It had all the key personnel, though. You had the likes of Deborah Hill, John Carpenter producing, obviously John Carpenter doing the music as well, Tommy Lee Wallace at the helm directing. But the one thing audiences were asking themselves when they went to see Halloween 3, Season of the Witch at the theatres was, where is Michael? And here to talk all things Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, is the co-owner of Nightmare Toys. It is Nightmare Christy Adams. Hello and welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. No, thank you for taking the time to uh, speak with us. Now, Nightmare Toys uh, in Vegas, uh, give give us a story. How did uh, Nightmare Toys come about? You're the co-owner. Yes. So uh, me and my boyfriend started Nightmare Toys in 2017 in Huntsville, Alabama. He is a business owner. He he owns other businesses. I am the horror fan <laughs> and I am the collector. Um, I just had a job that I just needed, you know, that I had for years that I just needed to get away from. It was time to get away from it. And Philip was just like, hey, let's just open your little collectible store for something to do. So my something to do blew the hell up. And now we have a, a huge store in Vegas. Now we have a restaurant bar. Um, but yeah, it was just supposed to be something to do uh, just to keep me busy. So I'm not just sitting at home or whatever. And uh, yeah, it blew up. So yeah, <laughs> it's it's become a bit of a staple, especially within the like sort of online horror community and horror community in general. Like you get uh, signings there for like, obviously people who are starred in horror films or, you know, have some form of connection to any horror films or or what have you. I, I guess, you know, like I guess you, you, the biggest names that you've sort of had come through uh, Nightmare Toys. 
Oh God, I have, I've had a lot. So, you know, Kane Hodder, Daniel Harris, um, Tony Todd, Linda Blair, Roger Jackson, Zach Galligan, you know, Ginger Lynn, <laughs> and then names go on. <laughs> and I guess from like, you, you said that you're the horror fan, but I guess, um, have you had to kind of get your hands dirty a little bit and sort of do the business side of things? A little bit. Yeah. I mean, I do, I do do some and I have learned a lot along the way and I, you know, I like to be the one doing the ordering and stuff like that, you know, and saying, this is what we need to get. But, but yeah, um, I'm not too uh, tech savvy. So that's where Philip <laughs> comes into play. <laughs> and Cause that was going to be the the thing, right? Like, cause I mean, you know, like how, how you know, employing staff, like, uh, you know, how, how many staff all up would uh, Nightmare Toys have? And, you know, obviously wages and just like the, the business side of it, right? Like, cause a lot of people right. would say, oh, how cool is this? Yeah, this, uh, this horror toy store. But obviously like anything, there's like the business side of it, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Rent is not cheap in Vegas. Especially we're downtown Las Vegas too. So yeah, not cheap. Uh, and yeah, you got employees. Now with the store, we really don't have too many employees. Um, but we have a lot, of course, for the restaurant though. Because you have to have cooks, washers, waiters, bartenders, hosts. You have to have all that. Um, but at the store, we just, you know, I have my manager, Brian. He is freaking wonderful. I moved him and his wife from Ohio to here. And we actually met like on Facebook years and years ago when I started Nightmare Toys and he started ordering from me. And um, then we met at Texas Frightmare in 2018 and we've just been really good friends ever since. And now he's my manager. <laughs> so he, he does a lot. He does a lot for me. Um, and then I have a couple other employees too. We have that, you know, counter people right now. We've got Nikki and Joseph. And then um, I have my videographers. I got, uh, they're called the Sly Nerds is their little team. And there's three guys. Um, and then me and Philip, and that's it for Nightmare Toys. And sort of <laughs> off that off that offshoot was like, did the become a, the podcast as well? You, you got your own podcast yeah. as well? Yes, we have Nightmare Podcast. It airs every Friday on our YouTube channel, yes. Yeah. And do you sort of find, is that an interesting way to, I guess, sort of, um, you know, plug Nightmare Toys or like sell content is like, I mean, you, you don't have to worry about, um, you know, getting sponsors. You can kind of, Nightmare Toys can be the sponsor, right? You can advertise things, right? right? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. We just do our own little thing and we'll talk about, you know, either like a new movie or, you know, or, or any kind of, any horror movie and then talk about products and things that we've got going on and whatever. And the, I mean, horror conventions are massive now. And obviously, you know, is it only when they're in Vegas that you'll sort of have a presence or is it something that you'll sort of go traveling around the country to, I guess, ex expand the brand? I mean, is there any is there any plan to sort of expand uh, Nightmare Toys around the country or sort of Vegas is where it's at? Um, no, Vegas is where it's at. Um, we had talked about it before, like maybe opening a little something in Salem or whatever, you know, and that would help with shipping and stuff. But I think now with having the restaurant, we've kind of taken, which is a lot to take on, honestly. Um, I think we're good. Um, but we we do travel for conventions, though, yes. Um, like I said, Texas Frightmare, we started out as just kind of going. And then ever since about 2000. Well, we were supposed to do it in 2020, and then we all know what happened then, the pandemic. But the next one that came after that is when we started doing Texas Frightmare Conventions. We've been doing them ever since. We do Days of the Dead here. We've done a lot of them all over the place, though. Um, and then we have a lot that we do in California now that we live this way. When we're in Alabama, we did do some other ones uh, over there, but 
it's just too far of a drive to go to the East Coast at the moment. <laughs> and how does Alabama and uh, Las Vegas, how do they differ? Oh, it's huge. It is like night and day. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's night and day. No one is vacationing to Huntsville, Alabama. The only thing in Huntsville, Alabama to do is the Space and Rocket Center, and that is it. <laughs> There's nothing to do there. So basically, my store there, I had to build the online, you know, to get us going. And I did that. The online got huge. So it's kind of like our little 2000 square foot store was just kind of like our, you know, warehouse in a way. But yet it was a store. Um, you know, I had people come in every now and then, but nothing like now. It's like so different now. Um, the only time I would really be busy would be like Halloween time and Christmas time in Alabama. And that was it. So, yeah. So we were like, OK, we've got to go somewhere where. We, we got to get the in-store doing just as good as the online. We have to get that evened out because, you know, that was a little bit hurting us in a way because we had to pay rent on that and everything, but not doing anything. So, yeah, moved to Vegas. Um, it was just something we we love Vegas. We've been here millions of times, so we just knew it would be a good fit, and it was a perfect fit. And so now my in-store is extremely busy every single day. <laughs> And I guess the, the concept, you, you said that Philip was the business side, you were the, the horror fan. Is, and I guess this probably comes from like when you, because you, you've been a horror fan since uh, a young age, or when did you find yourself becoming a horror fan? About five, six. Yeah. And was it because like, obviously, you know, there's no real horror toys out there. Um, uh, well, you know, I, I guess, you know, probably... 40 plus years ago, 30 plus years ago, like not to the extent it is now. Cause it's, it's really blown up. Right. Oh, oh yeah. Considerably. But like, um, so I was a kid in the eighties. I was born in 78. I'm 44. Um, it was just, but back then it was so different for me. Like I think a lot of toys that came out later on were a lot of Freddie stuff. Once Freddie started getting big, you know, there were a lot of Freddie merch in the eighties, like late eighties. Um, but being a girl and liking that in the 80s, at least for me, was really different than what it is now to be a girl. Because back then, all I ever got told was, those are boy movies. Why are you watching boy movies? Why are you watching those nasty boy movies? It was always boy movies. So it wasn't like anybody would have gotten me in the toys, even though I wanted them. So I was the girl. They let me watch the movies, though. Thank God. <laughs> they let me watch them they let me rent them they recorded stuff for me off of hbo for me but they would have never gotten me the toys and there wasn't much toys back then like obviously there are now <laughs> and, and do you think that's why sort of the the collecting and the sort of um, horror toys are so popular now because there was a whole generation that couldn't get them as kids and now they're kind of just you know reliving their childhood to in some weird way I think so. I mean, I think so. And it's just, it's such a wide variety of movies being represented now in collectibles and toys. And with our movie H3, I can say this, I really think with the boost of all this H3 merch that we've had within the past, what, maybe four years now, five years, starting with Trick or Treat Studios and NECA, you know, and all them, Trick or Treat Studios masks right there. Um, and, and all them starting to make H3 stuff, I think that really got the ball going for a lot more people to really be into H3 recently. 
It's so so much good stuff. The uh, I can see the Halloween three mask and um, picture in that behind you. But I guess before diving deep into Halloween three, Halloween the franchise in general, how were you uh, introduced to the Halloween franchise? You know, I'm not really sure. I think just watching the the first one, obviously, I just remember having it um, recorded on tape. So, and I just remember. Just walk, and we had we only had Halloween. Did we have Halloween two on there? I can't remember. If I had maybe I had Halloween two too. I can't remember, but I had Halloween, and I guess it was just from that. I'm not sure. I can't remember that moment, <laughs> but I've been watching it since you know, since I was a kid though. And I guess overall, how does the Halloween franchise? Where does it rank for you? I guess just within being a franchise itself and then i guess the big three like because i i always see there's halloween sort of kick-started the slasher phenomenon of the late 70s early 80s and then you had uh friday the 13th then a nightmare on elm street um i might be missing a, a franchise that you could add to that maybe i guess scream sort of very much later in uh, the 90s and uh, there was definitely right. a bunch in the 80s um where where do you rank the halloween franchise is it sort of top or sort of mid-tier for you Oh, that's such a hard question because it's all depending on what movies we're talking about, what timeline we're talking about. Um, I've always been a Freddy fan, though. I've always been a Nightmare on Elm Street fan. I was like all about Nightmare on Elm Street and Freddy growing up. Um, and I just kind of just liked Michael Myers. Um, so and I really grown to love Jason and Friday the 13th movies over the years. I can just watch those so much. I'm not to say it's probably mid-tier, really. <laughs> Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Technically, no real witch uh, in it. I mean, we've got a witch mask and maybe a warlock, I guess you could say. But um, I guess off the bat, why does Halloween 3 uh, rank so high for you? Obviously, speaking off-air, you said that you know Halloween 3 is basically one of your favourites or is your favourite. So, yeah, yeah, why does it rank so high? And that... that... I groaned a lot of Halloween 3 because I didn't like it when I was a kid. But I didn't watch it very much, though, either. It just wasn't um, available for me to kind of keep watching. Like, you can do stuff now, you know what I'm saying, to try to... Because sometimes when you watch a movie a second time, then you may like, you know, you may like it. Um, but I think it is the quintessential Halloween movie. Like, Halloween, the holiday, the season movie. It's the quintessential. I mean, hello... It's a witch, a pumpkin, and a skull mask. You can't, I mean, it, you can't scream Halloween any more than that. The practical effects are freaking amazing, and it's very underrated, the practical effects in this movie. And it's just something different. So, yeah, I just love it. The characters, I just love it. And the trailer, or at least the ones that I can find, it was uh, pretty ambiguous. It was just sort of that the witch face and the spider crawling out of the out of the mouth and the eyes, and it didn't really give away too much. And I think that was probably on purpose because I guess being part of the Halloween tag or having the Halloween three tag on it, I guess um, that kind of tricked a lot of audiences into seeing it, and then sort of having them, hey, where's where's the guy in the white mask, right? Um, because I think the the one question or the one sort of statement I was um always hear is the notion that season of the witch it, if it wasn't associated with Halloween the Halloween moniker it would have done all right as a standalone or it wouldn't have re received as much hate. Do you agree or disagree? I agree with that. Yeah, unfortunately, not a lot of people at the be 
I don't even know if there's a lot of people who even know it now, but unfortunately back then, nobody knew that it was meant to be a trilogy of three different movies. It wasn't meant to be about Michael Myers. But the audience, when Halloween came out, made it about Michael Myers. I'm, I'm sort of of the opinion. I think it's a, a happy accident or it was... Like, uh, instead of saying there was just a continuation from two, like in Halloween 3 was a continuation of the Michael Myers story, there's a lot of people out there, and I'm kind of in agreement with this, that the franchise may have definitely took some different, it obviously would have taken a different turn, but maybe not had the longevity because from 82 then to about 88, so that's about six plus years, which then I guess kind of reintroduced Michael to a new generation. And you could even go up until 2018, the the David Gordon Green trilogy, which has kind of reintroduced um, Halloween and Michael Myers to a new generation, which has kind of kept it going. And that anthology kind of was, you know, a, a real spanner in the work, so to speak, um, that it made it made uh, the franchise what it is to the longevity. Obviously, it's all Michael Myers, White Mask, but if we didn't have this anthology, this real sort of uh, odd movie, it may not right. be the case. Do you agree? I don't know. Yeah, maybe I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween 3, it's been the black sheep within the sort of yeah. franchise for quite some time. Do you think that Halloween ends is the new black sheep of the Halloween franchise? <laughs> um, Maybe yes, but I mean, with Halloween 3 being such a whole different movie and yes, it not having Michael in it to where people want Michael in it. I don't know if we can really call Halloween ends a black sheep, black sheep, because it's going with whatever story they're trying to tell. But I, I don't know. I think only Halloween 3 would be the black sheep, really, to be honest with you. But in your opinion, why do you think uh, fans either hate Halloween 3 so much or love Halloween 3 so much? Fans basically just hate it because of Michael Myers not being in it. That's basically their only reason. They're not giving it a chance um, to look at it differently um, and see like what a spectacular Halloween movie it is. Um, and then there's a, a, those of us that do see that and see, uh, everything wonderful about it and love it. <laughs> and I said from the top there, it had all the right personnel, had the likes of Deborah Hill. She was producing John Carpenter producing, um, and obviously doing music and, Tommy Lee Wallace directing a lot of the personnel, like, you know, we're talking off air. Dick Warlock was one of the androids who obviously played Michael Myers in Halloween 2. Uh, had all the key personnel, but uh, obviously just missing that one person being being Michael Myers. Right. And, and right. we were saying that, well, well, technically, technically Michael Myers is in there. He's in the, the TV commercial and obviously yeah. uh, Dick Dick Warlock. So, um, and obviously um, Jamie Lee Curtis doing the voiceover for the, uh, the, the curfew, right? Right, yes. Because a lot of people... Um, um, don't realize that apparently after Halloween in 78, everyone just thought that she was this big megastar, but apparently that was not the case. She wasn't getting as much work as a lot of people were thinking. And it was the likes of her featuring in the fog and voiceovering for things like this. And she kind of got that scream queen Monica, but it, di it mm -hmm. didn't sort of um, start straight away for uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Right. Right. And I was just, I was just curious, um, Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, do you reckon she'll ever grace the, uh, the hallowed walls of uh, Nightmare Toys any day soon? <laughs> um, I don't know if I could ever afford Jamie Lee Curtis, to be honest with you. <laughs> do you, do you think the price tag's gone up because of that Oscar? Uh, oh, I'm sure it's gone way up. I probably <laughs> never could afford her, to be honest with you. <laughs>
Now, let's look at some of the characters. And uh, Christy, being a female, I need you to set the record straight. Dr. Daniel Chalice, obviously Tom Atkins. Is Tom Atkins a sex symbol? Yes, he's a sex symbol. Why? Explain, please. Yes, he's a sex symbol. The gray hair, for one thing. I don't know. He's just so cool and suave and just in all his characters he's done. I don't know. He just he just oozes sex appeal. Some people just do. And that would be Tom Atkins. And I've met him several times and I've talked to him at conventions and I've walked by him. I was like, hey, Tom. And we'll both be like, hey. I mean, he is fun. He is so much fun at conventions. He's so cool. I mean, I I love him. I get the vibe that he's a pretty easy guy to talk to and is pretty is. uh pretty easy going, right? He is, he is. He likes talking to his fans. He's super nice, yeah. Okay, Tom Atkins, sex symbol, certified sex symbol, of course, according to uh Christy Adams. I even got a kiss on the cheek from him too. And and how long did it take you to to wash that cheek? Oh, it was it was a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh Dr. Daniel Chalice. Uh, who Tom Atkins plays in Halloween 3. Now, is he a stud or is he a sleaze? Oh, I think he's a stud. I don't think he's a sleaze at all. Well, well okay, okay. Just I recently rewatched it, um, as you did as well. And, like, I, I knew that he was, you know, um, you know, shaking up with this young girl to go and investigate, um, you know, the, the, the disappearance slash murder of his father and his weird mask. But... You know, he's always sort of, uh, oh, yeah, I'll look after the kids to his ex-wife. Um, you know, I'll look after the kids on, on the weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, you know, he's on the phone, he's on the payphone with a six-pack there and driving off with this young girl. And, you know, also um, the, the the older nurse at the hospital giving her a touch on the backside there and uh, even, <laughs> even chatting up the other young doctor who's going through all the wreckage and all that sort of thing. Just, it, it just sort of, he had a way with the lady, so maybe he was a stud. But to me, it, it, got, it could have come across as a bit bit sleazy you don't think so well i guess it could have now that you point all that out <laughs> but when they're in the room though we're there in the room she starts it because she asks him well where do you want to sleep mr chalice <laughs> what is man gonna say so that's Ellie Greenbridge, uh, uh, Stacey uh, Nelkin. Um, yeah, it's 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 interesting. Do you, do, watching that, like from a field perspective, does that come out of left field for you, or do you just think, oh, yeah, that's that's typical? And I don't know who wrote that in, whether it was Tommy Lee Wallace or if that's a, a, a Deborah Hills, Deborah Hill slash John Carpenter production. Does it, how does that how does that scene sort of play out for you? It doesn't. It doesn't like. It doesn't like. It doesn't bother me one bit. I just think it's funny. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. I like how she says that. And I'm like, I know what's going on. I know what's up. <laughs> and it's it's funny as well when they're uh, making the love as well. Um, Tom Atkins' uh, real wife uh, at the time he, uh, plays the lady next door who gets uh, zapped by the little, um, little. I guess, what, what do you call the little chip? Is it like yeah, a little, little chip? Ch it's a chip. Yeah, the yeah. chip. Uh, yeah chip yeah yeah and she, she gets her face blown off and you know she's like oh what's that and he's like ah who cares <laughs> and this is right. in the middle of making love so that's why i thought oh does he come across a bit sleazy you know leaving the kids with his wife over the weekend so he can check out with this young one but that was obviously a, a man's interpretation of it but um yeah but so you, you're gonna you're gonna go with stud stud for dr chalice uh yeah sure why not <laughs> 
<laughs> what about uh, Ellie uh, Grim uh, Grimbridge as a character? Did you, did you sort of identify with her or notice any sort of traits uh, as a character in a Halloween film? Um, to me, she seemed a little goody two shoe, maybe a little bit like um, Laurie Strode, maybe yeah. in a way, just in her own way, though. <laughs> and, and what about uh, Connell Cochran, um, the evil toy maker, as well? I mean, now he's I'm- lazy. You reckon he's sleazy? He's sleazy. Do you reckon he's oh. do you reckon he's patting um the the female workers on the backside in the factory there? <laughs> well, he's sleazy in a whole other way, I think. <laughs> and, in a diabolical way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you wanted to kill young kids type of way. Absolutely. Now, yeah. I, I guess that sort of th- themes. Um, you may have picked up on some more. I mean, being a a, a horror toy uh, co owner, do you think that is there a bit of a dig at consumerism in this movie? Uh, is is that a theme, an underlying theme? Do you feel? Oh, well, I'm sorry, I didn't hear what you said. You kind of went out just a little bit. No, that's right. So themes, the ones I kind of picked up, I only picked up uh, on a couple. You may have uh, picked up on a few more yourself. I guess consumerism, uh, you know, you being a, a, a horror toy store co-owner, do you feel there's a bit of a, a dig at consumerism or how kids, I guess, are targeted? You know, kind of similar to, I guess, um, uh, Child's Play, right? With Dodd Mancini, that was his um, big thing. Like it was like a big marketing thing, right? Right, right, but with with children and the masks and it being Halloween and yeah. all that. Oh, yeah, definitely. And but the one I got was maybe kids not appreciating their toys, and it kind of goes back to um our conversation of when we were younger, not having these horror toys, but now having them, and even just general toys. I, I go, I walk through toy stores all the time, and I look at stuff and go. See, kids just don't appreciate these toys. So that's why the, that's why there are, I guess. Uh, uh, you know, I was going to say adult toys, but that's something completely different. Um, that's why you know, kids can they they can't appreciate toys now because they they haven't got the mindset of an adult, right? Right. Yes, of course. <laughs> Any other themes that you picked up on with Halloween three? Um, let's see. No, I don't think so. Because I did it- notice something. I didn't notice I never noticed before though and I've watched this movie I don't know how many freaking times but I this is what happens every time I do a podcast and I'll watch a movie before a podcast because then I'm like really zoning in I've seen this really cool silver shamrock clock that on this on the building but your eye is supposed to be looking off this way which my eye was always looking off this way and watching Dr. Chalice walk off in the town and I never and I always I seen this uh clock silver shamrock clock I was like well that's freaking cool I need a clock like that I never seen that on the um on the front of a building before <laughs> in the movie and I I guess probably with the latest sort of David Gordon Green uh trilogy obviously the reintroduction of the um Silver Shamrock Mask was a was a big thing as well and sort of just in general I feel the 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 last series was it was very I mean I don't know any other series or even horror films that could pay homage to itself within a, its own its own franchise, if that makes sense. Like, obviously, there's heaps of references to Halloween 3 with Halloween Ends with the, the titles and, and things right. like that. Um, but, but obviously, this is the only the third movie in, so it's hard to sort of, I guess, uh, reference it itself or have some hidden themes that it could only happen sort of later on within the franchise. But what about this random theory that... Um, Connell Cochran, um, he actually was transported to the David Gordon Green universe of the Halloween franchise because um, when um, 
the the Stonehenge and you know uh Dr. Chalice you know gets all the little chips and in that little factory and zaps everyone and kills everyone with the uh video the favorite uh video uh the Silver Shamrock uh theme which uh is embedded in all horror fans heads um Mm -hmm. anyway he kind of turns like a weird white which i kind of thought oh that could have been a little homage to um michael myers with the white mask but there's a theory out there that he didn't die that he was transported to the david gordon green universe hence why the silver shamrock mask um kids wearing it there and he's trying to do do it all over again no Sorry, whenever we talk about this new trilogy, I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> well, well, let's quickly talk about just that. I think they oh. just, I think they just put, it, you know, they put in the the masks, and they're just for Easter eggs, and I don't oh. think it has nothing to do with Colonel Cochran going and no. Oh no, these are just random theories. I've got heaps of random yeah, of theories course. that made that no. that when I when I explain them out loud, sound so stupid. But just um on the David Gordon Green series, um, you sort of already said that you weren't really a big fan of that trilogy. Why is that? Mm-hmm. I don't like the storyline whatsoever. I hate it. I hate everything about it. I hate I hate the acting is horrible. I hate the whole story. Um, I don't like Michael Myers. I don't like how they portray Michael Myers whatsoever. It's not Michael Myers. Um, our Michael Myers is 1978 Michael Myers. They ruined him in these. They made him something completely different. I don't need him to be as brutal as he is. I only like Michael Myers to be brutal and Rob Zombie's take on it because that's his take on it. Other than that, I don't want Michael Myers to be brutal and throwing people and doing this and throwing cars and acting like Leatherface and I, I Jason or whoever you want to I, I just, I hate all of it. The only thing I like, James Duke Courtney, yes, he did a great job being Michael Myers. He looked fine. He looked great. The special effects, yes, were good. Christopher Nelson did fantastic on that. Um, I love that they put the H3 Easter eggs in there. That was great. And that's all I like about it. Because I, I didn't realize it was such a divisive uh, trilogy to, until sort of listening to other podcasts and other film reviews of it. Because I remember just watching it back in 2018 and thinking that it was the that that first film was it was it was solid. Like I guess because like I'm a I'm a Halloween fan. Uh, like it, it's it's the genre. It's sorry, it's the it's the franchise for me. So I'm gonna. I mean, I'm kind of a little bit disappointed that there's no Halloween film this year being released because uh, obviously we'll kind of get in a bit of a pattern there of one each year. Obviously, especially with COVID sort of delay in the process. But I I I feel some people are a bit too hard on this uh, this latest trilogy. Is it does it have its issues? Absolutely, it does. But I mean, what horror movie or franchise of this magnitude doesn't sort of have these big holes in it? But it just really surprised me that like and that that people had these this this issue with with the films. I guess to be honest, as a horror fan, I'm pretty easily. Um, uh, please like you know i'll put a horror movie on maybe saturday night or whenever i get free time because my wife hates horror movies so i have to watch it whenever, whenever <laughs> i can and and i don't know i'm i think probably i'm it's probably more it's probably more me that i'm easily pleased and um do you think uh we talk you know elevated horror and my horror fans in general like uh is I mean, in the likes of Twitter and all that sort of stuff, where, where everyone can kind of release their their instant thoughts about things. Are we are we are we too hard? I guess it's a generalized question. It's a big one, and I don't necessarily need for you to have the answer. But are we too are we too hard on the genre, considering that it's horror movies and it's supposed to be cheap, easy, fun? 
I think so. Maybe we might be. I mean, some after a while uh, of me talking about it, I laugh at my own self. And I'm like you on a normal basis. I'm pretty easy to please. I'm a pretty laid back horror fan. I don't get too crazy. Being co-owner of Nightmare Toys, a massive horror fan, why do you think the Halloween franchise and the, the fan base is so passionate? Okay, so for my experience so far, it is the most popular. I have met, I'm probably triple the people to love Michael Myers or Halloween more than any of the others, like Jason or Freddy or Chucky or something like that. Chucky is probably right below though, right below Michael. He's, he's like, he's right behind him, <laughs> but Michael, everybody loves Michael. So many people do. Um, and then the franchise with it, it is the one franchise that has really actually so many different storylines in it in a way it's a little it's not consistent we can all probably agree with that it's not um so i think that's why because there's so many types of movies and so now there's so many storylines that people can either like or argue about <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah. I don't know, Freddy, you, it's just, it's Freddy, it's Nightmare on Elm Street, movie. I don't know, there's not much really to argue about, but for whatever reason, um, there's so much to argue about when it comes to Michael Myers and the Halloween movies. <laughs> well, I mean, it's got so many different timelines, they've got this anthology, right. you know, with Halloween 3, well, Halloween 3, which we're speaking about, and a reboot, and reimagining, so yeah, there's so many different, um, I guess things you yeah, like you said to argue about. I guess um the the Jason Friday the thirteenth franchise that was rebooted, but there was only one movie from that and it's been pretty kind of consistent with its timeline. But you want to talk about gaping holes, um Friday the thirteenth, um, you know, was was all of those on a Friday the thirteenth with, you know, the the continuation or whatever. Anyway, I'm getting on the sidetrack, but um <laughs> uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. It's it's always been sort of Robert England, right? Um but yeah. Yeah, with, with Halloween, um, I guess yeah, like I I knew that was the the Halloween. Sorry, I knew that was the horror franchise. Like for me, like it was just I don't know. I can't. I don't. And the thing is, I don't think even the fans themselves can explain why they love it so much. It's just I don't. It, whether it was the first slasher of the of the its time that made so many more movies and other genre or other you know films. Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street, yada yada. Um, right. I, don't, I I honestly, if you were to ask me, like, why are you a Halloween fan? Like, I could sort of go into, you know, being a massive John Carpenter fan since watching Halloween because that was the first one. And then, oh, hey, he did, you know, Escape from New York and The Fog and et cetera, et cetera. And actually, this is a, a, an interesting question. Um, I've been sort of asking this to a lot of people. Now, John Carpenter created Halloween. And I know we're talking about Halloween 3. I promise we'll get back on track. <laughs> you know, fine, no, no problem. Um, <laughs> it's your show. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween, okay, 1978. That was just supposed to be yeah. one story from a suburban town in America, right? But right. I viewed it because because I knew there was sequels, and I think I came in like half cut into like number five, like the um, and I was like, oh, like I kind of didn't know the anthology of Michael Myers. You know, I had a rough idea that his um his sister was Laurie Strode. So when I was watching the original one, I kind of already knew that. Oh, hey, this is his sister, and he's like, you know, wanted to kill his family for some weird reason, but. Because we know that we were we're technically watched Halloween the original wrong. Well, it, it was just supposed to be a one-off John mm -hmm. Carpenter movie about some lunatic who escaped from a mental asylum and was stalking babysitters. 
Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes as fans, we watch the original. We, lo- we love the original because for what it is, mm-hmm. but we also watch it wrong. Does that make sense to you? Yes, it does. It makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> well, they made when they made two, they wanted to tie that in. So they added in the sister story on part two. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, writer's block and a six-pack of beer uh, for John Carpenter. Um, I don't think that was the same case with uh, Halloween 3 here, but I want to throw a couple of more random theories. We're talking about Michael Myers. What about Michael mm-hmm. Myers' mask being a silver shamrock mask? Now that, I like that theory. Could you link it in with um, how they're advertising the Halloween movie within that universe? Right. That's actually a movie, right? And like the big right. giveaway. Right, Exactly. I thought that watching it right before we started doing this. <laughs> no, it could be. That, that's a good theory. And what about um, Ellie was a robot from the beginning who was sent to bring uh, Dr. Chalice to the factory? Kind of doesn't really make sense because her father died and that, but um, what say you? Was she a robot or... Were, okay, is is Ellie... Did Ellie die in the factory and they created a robot version of her or what? was she always a robot? What's uh, your take? I think they created her. I don't think that she was always a robot. I don't think that she was a robot until he had rescued her off of that table that she was strapped to. And at that point, I think is when they had turned, they had already turned her into a robot. Cause for a while there, um, from the last time you see her to that, you know, she's not around. So something's going on with her, right? Well, they've mm. been turning her into a robot. And then, so yeah. Where's, where's the real Ellie? Did she, did they kill her or was she, in, I mean, she would have technically died in the explosion of the factory, right? Right. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, because you see the other robots, they don't seem to speak, but they can sneeze. And right. she was doing, she was doing a lot of talking. And and I guess it goes back to uh, the the making of the love scene. Uh, I don't think Doctor Chalice he would have known if he was making love to a robot, right? Because he's such oh, a lady. Because yeah. he's such a ladies' man, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So I've got. I've already asked this, but um, Halloween three. If you can give your, I guess your call to arms, so to speak, of uh, why Halloween three is such a good movie and doesn't deserve the hate that it gets. I mean, we've sort of said over the past forty years, it has become a cult favorite amongst fans. What if you can sort of say why that is? Well, again, I, 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 just, I keep saying this. It's a perfect movie to watch at Halloween time. Yes, of course, Halloween with Michael Myers, of course, is. It's so Halloween-esque and you got him. But this is really just screams Halloween. I I mean, I just can't. And I, I love, and again, I love the story. The story is just different. And it's about kids. And that's what, you know, we remember Halloween being a kid dressing up. And this is a person that wants to kill kids with masks. I mean, come on, that's a great story. <laughs> and for so long, I probably, as a kid, avoided watching it because I knew that Michael Myers wasn't in it. And when I right. kind of um, ripped the Band-Aid off and actually sat down and watched it, I'm like, oh, that, yeah, this, this wasn't too bad at all. And I think there's probably a, a big sort of uh, a big contingent out there that are avoiding it because michael myers is not in it so yeah i would definitely check it out and i guess get get the full halloween perspective say yeah i love it 
where to for the Halloween franchise in your opinion from here now we had a Halloween ends which was you know you could say was a pretty definitive end I guess with the Laurie Strode Michael Myers storyline mm-hmm. um I absolutely love the Alison Corey love angle and Corey copycat type of thing I know that's again very divisive kind of like Halloween 3 and I think that's the whole thing they were going for I didn't mind Corey actually if we just took Michael Myers out of it and not call it Halloween ends and just had his movie it would have mm. been a great movie yeah. I liked Corey. I liked the Scarecrow mask. I liked that story. I think that could have been its own horror movie, its own slasher movie. Just Corey killing with that Scarecrow mask on. Yeah, a lot of people said that like that could have been like a, a way to turn the franchise into the anthology that I guess Halloween 3 was kind to do, whether or not you have Haddonfield as that uh, anthology kind of base where the stories right. come from. And that was going to be a thing. Like, would you think you could do a, a, either a Haddonfield anthology maybe TV series, or could there ever be a Halloween 3 sequel? Halloween 3-2, can you imagine that title? Oh. Oh. I don't know if we need a sequel to Halloween 3. (laughs) But I guess there probably could be, though. Oh, now that you said it, someone's going to do it. Well, there's heaps of <laughs> there's heaps of fan films out there, and I know there was an Australian that kind of uh, produced and uh, did a bit of. Uh, it was called uh, Silver Shamrock Novelties, where I think someone goes yep. to the, the burnt down factory. You, you you see that one? No, I haven't seen it, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. and then I think there's one called The Third Channel, um, which is out there. Whether the, I think that might be in pre production. Like it's it's obviously it's all film uh, fan film sort of stuff. So the, I mean the, oh, the I can't wait to see that though. Yeah, the the fa- fans absolutely I mean love it and you know would love to see that story explored. But kind of like the original uh, Halloween after it was done, John Carpenter and Deborah Hill were like well. We didn't really have much of a story after the first one, and I, and I imagine it's probably the same with Halloween three, but. Could you, with the Halloween franchise, could you pick up from ends or do you think it'll be a reboot or anthology? What's uh, what's your gut as a horror fan, say? So at this point in time, I'm kind of like, let's not do any more and let's just leave it be. Yep. But I know that's not going to happen. Um, I don't know. Do Do we need another reboot? <laughs> that's a hard question for me because right now at this point in my time frame i just i don't want any more yeah. <laughs> but i'm i'm of the opinion that uh halloween slash michael myers is the batman of horror because right. we've had you know a few i mean bat i mean they're gonna keep making batman movies right i mean right. we just they're have one with but also, because I used to sort of think, yeah, like, yeah, you're diminishing the 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 original. But as I kind of mentioned earlier, there's been so many different films uh, and Michael Myers, which introduce or are Michael Myers and Halloween to new fans, right? So, um, for example, um, Halloween H2O would have been the first Halloween I saw in theatres. And sort of Chris Duran sort of saying, like, a lot of fans say, you know, he he is Michael Myers to a lot of fans. And Brad Laurie for Resurrection. And I'd imagine, you know, the Michael Myers before um, were similar, like, to people. Oh, that's that's Michael Myers to them. So I think that's a reason why they do reboot or continue it, because you can introduce a character and characters, but mostly Michael Myers to a new generation. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, I think so. But I... I... I also think that maybe everybody should just like what was already made and like the original and just, there you go. But I, I understand that we have to just keep making them and keep making them for every, you know, for new people to enjoy them and 
you know but and, i don't know i'm not i'm not that kind of horror fan where i want to continue to have more and more of this like i'm not even into wanting any more nightmare on elm street or anything like that i just because rubber england's Freddy krueger and that's it <laughs> um but that's just me that's just how i think i think everybody should generations and generations should just like what we have now and what has been made um instead of just keep making new stuff i feel like we need more new characters to like and new movies with other ideas is what we need in my opinion which is kind of what Damien and David gave us with Art the Clown and Terrifier. Now that has just blown the hell up. And now we have a whole new character, a whole new movie, a whole new story to like. And I feel like we need to continue something like that. More new stuff, new ideas, instead of continuously taking things that are already good and um, people need to appreciate that and continue to keep making stuff and keep making stuff just because. Um, and a lot of it is just cause really, in my opinion, and I'm good with that. I, I'm good with not having any more. <laughs> Con controversial take. I'm still yet to watch Terrifier or Terrifier 2. It's now on Shudder. I'm subscribed to Shudder. So I think that would be the perfect time for me to watch it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Go it's, ahead, go on. It, it's very gory, right? That's the, that's the take. Very I gory. I'm into that though. So for me, I, I love slashers and I just, I like, I like movies that to where you don't have to sit around and think about them. I, <laughs> I like a very simple, straightforward, here's a killer, they kill people, it's done. Yeah. That's just me. And that's what this gives you. I mean, it's just Art the Clown and he's just, it's everything, it's just gore. It's just stuff happening. And then part two, you get a little, you get a little little more stuff going on in part two um but yeah <laughs> it's just let's, it's crazy let's talk more business with nightmare toys now if um fans listing either based here in australia or around the states or around the world um do you guys do you guys ship internationally or how does how does that work we do ship internationally yes there are some countries though that we don't ship to um nowadays just because covid kind of messed up those things um, it's hard for me to explain that, um, but COVID really messed up shipping. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, we had to cut out a lot of countries because they just would never get their product. Like they would just never get it. Um, but we do Australia. Um, we have a lot of fans in, from Australia and we do have people that order from us. It's just, honestly, it's just expensive for y'all and there's just nothing we can do about that. Yeah, that's uh, that ex <laughs> that ex the exchange rate. I think it's a uh, it's about a dollar. Oh God, what is the exchange? I'd have to look look it up right now. But I think it's like about a dollar fifty. I'm probably way off. But um, yeah, it was funny. I, my mum was over in America. She's like, oh yeah, this was only like six dollars. I'm like, yeah, that's probably about you know five million dollars Australian. No, that's why. No. <laughs> 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 it's um yeah i mean i've got to get on a whole different rant about uh the cost of living in australia i mean we're, we are in the lucky country here as we like to say in australia but uh yeah in, i don't know how bad inflation is uh over in the states yeah uh, it can it, it can be bad <laughs> it can be bad especially if you're in vegas and big cities like this yeah and uh the big high rollers who come in and spend all their money at the casinos yeah 
Right. Yes. Just in Vegas, what's the, the the lifestyle in Vegas? Is it? I mean, could you get people who go there just to have their holiday? I kind of I'm gonna liken it. I'd imagine I've never been there, so this is me just talking out my ass. Um, like we have a place called the Gold Coast, where like you know, like there's lots of uh, amusement parks, and you know, there is a casino, but definitely not to the extent of Vegas. But it's a it's a holiday place. Vegas is it basically a holiday destination, or I mean, what's what's the vibe living there? You you, you work there, so it would be a yeah. completely different vibe for someone who's visiting. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody comes here. I mean, it's a huge vacation place, I think. Um, and there's a lot to do for horror fans now. There's more and more things popping up. You know, you've got us, um, Nightmare Toys Nightmare Cafe. Um, you've got Zach Baggins Museum is there. Tom Devlin's museum. Um, it escape room saw escape room um there's a little pizza place that's a horror pizza place i i haven't been um and then there's other like collectible stores so not horror collectible stores but just regular collectible yeah. stores all over you know too um and then halloween horror nights is going to be coming to vegas we're going to have a halloween horror nights here 24 7 so that's gonna be really cool from a uh, nightmare toys perspective now bringing this back to halloween do you think what I, I don't know you wouldn't have the stats in front of you right there but what's your biggest set like is is halloween still like a big seller uh percentage wise for nightmare toys or is has art the clown now kind of um superseded that or is there consistent things which are selling or it's it's all over the place um, no, that's pretty consistent. Michael Myers always sells. It's never not going to. And then, of course, right now, everybody's wanting Art the Clown stuff because that's what's popular right now. With you know, within the past few months, it's, that's what everybody's wanting. It's a lot of what whatever movie and merch is out for that movie at the time that's popular. Then that's what's going to be what everybody wants, no matter what that movie would be. But still, Michael Myers is still on top though no matter what everybody wants michael myers stuff and i mean you probably already alluded to it but why do you think that is you know i'm not i'm not really sure again i think it's just because it's that many fans out there that love him and love the movies and i i'm again from what i'm seeing over the years from having the store it's like he's on top I mean, he's he's the one. And and when I first started, <clears throat> excuse me, when I first started Nightmare Toys, there wasn't really any Halloween merch at all. There was no Michael Myers stuff. It kind of happened, and that was 2017, so it happened in 2018 when all the merch started coming out, and then everybody just went crazy. <laughs> now, how can fans keep up to date with Nightmare Toys, Nightmare Christy? Uh, what's the best way to do that? Well, you can follow us on all social media nightmare toys is on everything we've got tiktok make sure you um, subscribe to our youtube channel because that's where you'll see my live show every wednesday at two o'clock pacific um we air our podcast on there we have our deadly destination show we air every monday and then any other videos that we're making from conventions or signings or whatever else we have going on we have uh, behind the scenes videos on there as well too um so youtube TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, Nightmare Toys is on everything. So Nightmare Toys, just Nightmare Toys. Everything's under that. Um, and then myself, um, I have Instagram, Twitter, and I, I just joined the whole threads thing today <laughs> from Instagram. I don't know. Um, so I got that now. And then I have my other accounts. I've got an OnlyFans, Little Fans, and a Fansly, and everything is under Nightmare Christie. 
Awesome. And thank you for taking the time to speak with us, Christy. Greatly appreciate it. Halloween 3, a cult favourite uh, within the franchise. Thank you for, like I said, taking the time to speak with us about it. Um, we were speaking off air uh, about uh, uh, the Australian market. Um, if, can, can, you put yeah. a perc- can you put a percentage on uh, how many people from Australia are buying from Nightmare Toys? Oh, geez. You know what? I'm not even sure. I would say at least a good 20%, 20%, 30%. I get a lot of people, especially like when I'm um, on my social medias, I get a lot of people from Australia on all the social medias. And um, and then like, and then Ireland. It's a lot of people from Australia and Ireland, I've noticed. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that's a good that's a good way to tie things with a, a nice little bow there. Being Ireland, being the Silver Shamrock uh, novelties and all that. And, right. Uh... <laughs> and we have talked. Me and Philip had talked. If we ever did put something in another country, it would be Australia. We have talked about that. And and why is that? I guess just because that's how many people, how many fans we have from there, and how many people have ordered from us from Australia. Yeah. And if you were to. What cap city would you be looking to to put it in? Would it be Sydney, Brisbane, or Melbourne? Oh, I don't know. I haven't. No, I haven't thought about that. <laughs> I, I I don't know what would be uh, better. I'm not sure. I don't know. I kind of feel. I maybe maybe Melbourne. Uh, I, okay. I I I I I only just say that because I feel like this the transportation, just the the CBD is is a lot better. Uh, built but I don't know you'd have to do your own little studies on I guess surveying people but I like I said I feel that there's a hotbed of uh, fans and talent here horror movie wise but I just don't know if we have the population like to to for it to be like something that could continue like in like or be consistent and that's what you want obviously you want you know consistent business and, and I'm just right. sort of thinking like because I would love you know like conventions to come out here but again you know it's you get uh, a convention yeah that's what I've always said you like really you know <laughs> I think we had one years ago and it was like in Parramatta and I think Robert England was a was one of the special guests who like you need I, I'd imagine like you need to establish yourself and you need to sort of, I guess, bring out some big names and then go from there. But it's, it's a, I imagine the convention business and just, you know, retail business in general, it's, it's, it's tough. It would be really, really tough. It can be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, Australian horror movies are one of my favorite though. I love Australian horror movies. Yeah. So like the likes of Wolf Creek. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, have you, <laughs> did you watch um Sissy? I don't I don't think it's so. it, it's on it's on it's on shutter I, I came across it by accident it's like about a, a an influencer who basically isn't what she says she is and she sort of has meets up with an old friend uh, and you kind of find out through the journey that her and this other girl had um some history and uh she basically loses the plot on this hen's night which is um uh, a lady um so when it, um yeah you, you yeah hence night is that a, is that is that a term in America like you know here you have the bachelor party you have the the female version of the bachelor party yeah the, like a bachelorette party yeah we we call them hence nights so yeah go for oh, oh okay yeah bachelor party bachelorette party <laughs> yeah 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 exactly I'm exactly this. this girl looks familiar I'm looking it up on IMDb I think I yeah. watched it. I might have to go back and watch it again, but I think I watched that. Yeah, that's the most recent uh, Australian one I've watched. But yeah, I I would love to see like a like not not a rip off, but I'd like to see like a um a Texas Chainsaw Massacre esque movie, but in like rural like Australia or something like that. Yeah, something something sure. that like that. But um, what about um you talk about bringing uh, nightmare toys out to Australia? What about um coming out and checking out um our fine country Australia? Have you been to Australia before? 
I have not been to Australia. I do have a small, huge problem <laughs> with flying. <laughs> uh, so, you, you hate flying. You, you yeah, hate I flying. don't like flying. I hate it. <laughs> maybe maybe you can catch a, crew, a cruise. It might take a good few weeks or something. Or... Oh, I don't know about that either. I don't like water either. I'm I'm very weird. <laughs> like here, like we drive. I make like because we have to go back to Alabama um every so often. I mean, my daughter still lives there, and then his other business is still there. So we go back there every so often, and I make him drive. We drive, and it's a two day drive to Alabama. Yeah. Well, uh, he, he's like, why can't we just fly? No, I don't want to fly. But- so it's oh yeah, I can see. I mean, but it's so funny. It's the opposite with uh, me and my wife. She she like she loves the event of going to an airport, getting ready to fly, and all those sort of things. But oh, no. I could I could imagine on the yeah on the flip side, someone like you that would be you'd be absolutely dreading that and hating that, right? Yeah, no, I can't. It gives me such anxiety, and then around all the people, and then I'm in an airplane, and that's all that. With I've had flown obviously, but I just I don't know. <laughs> if I had to choose, I'd probably fly then get on a boat because I absolutely do not like water. I do not want to get stuck in the middle of the water. Yeah, no. Yeah. I was gonna say probably best not to watch any Final Destination movies before any traveling. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Christy, you've been absolutely sensational with your time. I greatly appreciate it. Would love to have you back on the show sometime soon. I guess Halloween three is your favorite. What's your obviously minus the nineteen seventy eight? What's your second go to in the Halloween franchise? Part two. Yeah, I really love part two. It's a solid sequel, and I think like it, I, I feel it is it, it is very loved uh, amongst fans, but sometimes underrated. If that makes sense. I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I like a good hospital horror movie so i love it just being in the hospital and stuff so yeah i I absolutely sometimes i like part two more than i do part one hate to say it but sometimes i do yeah there's a lot i mean there's a lot more action a lot more kills and um you know you get the really robotic uh michael myers with dick warlock i think there's a there's there's a lot to like about it christy adams thank you so (laughs) much i've been uh, trying to wrap this up for the past five minutes but i keep getting sidetracked i could speak horror movies and just we can sit here and talk all day Uh, well that's what i've actually got to go play football as well um uh, and and feel really sore after it so but no you've been real generous with your time i could stay here and chat um getting the countdown from zoom here but yeah i guess um i'll i've already sort of given you the chance to sort of you know plug yourself but is there anything else that you can plug or a one-liner you can throw out there Uh, i want everybody to make sure you're watching the nightmare podcast and wherever you podcast you can watch you can watch us or listen to our podcast wherever you podcast or you can watch on our youtube channel nightmare toys chrissy adams thank you so much thank you thank you for listening to talking shape the ultimate halloween franchise podcast created by the fans Make sure to stay up to date with the latest episodes by following Talking Shape on Twitter at Talking underscore Shape and liking us on Facebook. Feel free to give us a review on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. We appreciate your support. Until next time. Go home. Go home.